ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push well, beyond your limits. I'm going to just hit the red button, man, and... We've we've done this quite a few times, so I'm gonna skip the formalities. <laughs> Can you hear me okay though? Is audio okay? Yeah, your audio is good. I'll adjust as needed, but you sound good right now. Okay. Cool. How's it been? Everything good? Busy? How's DCA? Yeah, crazy busy. Today's just been an insane, crazy busy. Like I've done a million things today, and uh, it's just been. It's one of those things where you do like tons of stuff, and you're like, man, I wish I would have gotten. 20 more things done. Yeah. But. It, it's knocking them down as they, as they come up. Plus what's planned for the day. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, man, that's the, that's the only way I can get into this is just, just making lists, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, if I don't, then it just ends up being a, a worthless day. I end up just chasing tail and everything. But yeah. Yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have the task list. And that's every morning. That's what I do is I, I set, you know, set my goal. This is, this is the items I got to tackle. And then as stuff comes up, as long as I'm checking those, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. The the big things I wanted to get done today though, I didn't just because uh, I'm working with a guy on an indoor setup and, and those things are so sensitive, but. Indoor. Like a. Yeah. Range so he's going, yeah. Just a, like a 20 yard indoor range. This guy shoots big tournaments. And so, um, I'm trying to get everything just right. A lot of my buddies shoot indoor and, uh, they, they, they're not like outstanding, you know, Olympic going to anywhere. Shooters are good shooters, but like, uh, this guy I think does a little bit more. So I want to get everything just right. Plus when you have a, a setup that's, you know, they don't pull a lot of weight. So it's like 57 pounds and like a 28 inch draw. And so, the percent let off is super important because you just don't have a lot of energy. And, you know, if you have, for instance, if you have like a, a pound, you're pulling a pound and then you double it to two pounds, you just double the energy in the entire thing. So a guy that's pulling like 80 pounds, if he adds two or three pounds to it, it doesn't, 
matter a ton, but a guy that isn't pulling a ton like they do an indoor, then it kind of throws everything off. So, you know, that's interesting. So how, all right. So we're on with Kyle Davidson, DCA, uh, custom arrows, uh, my boy. I mean, we've done this probably, I don't know. We've done like four recordings over the years or something along those lines. And then, you know, the round table you were part of, um, you know, talking about that So that's, uh, get the, the formalities for the folks listening out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's been a while since we caught up, man. And, and I, you know, we get busy and, uh, you know, it's kind of unfortunate. Like we'll check in every now and again. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, watch the social post. And then it's just like, okay, dang, Kyle's got, you know, still going. There's more, there's more, there's more. So it's pretty cool to see it, especially, you know, from the, inception of dca pretty much you know i think i was right there knocking on the door you know in the early days i might have been you were yeah you know one of the first few builds there so it's pretty cool to watch it man yeah for sure the funny thing is when we first started talking like you were asking me some questions about arrows and just kind of doing your thing where you ask really good questions and you have good conversations with people and um you're like man you should be on my podcast and i was like a podcast, you know, I didn't know of it at the time because I, I don't, honestly, I don't listen to a ton of archery podcasts. So like, uh, cause it's something you do every day. So like, while I'm building arrows or doing something like that, you know, I, I don't want to listen to more archery, you right. know, archery stuff. I want something a little bit different so I could, I could, uh, have two things going at the same time, but, uh, yeah, really good time being on here with the first time. And then, uh, you know, with the round table, that was a blast. So yeah, that was anybody that hasn't one. seen that, that's a good one to check out. Yeah, that was a really good one. That's a, you know, was something cool about those, right, is you get so many perspectives in that amount of time, you know, and that's yeah. one of the things that I, I mean, not just with archery, right? I mean, even, even you talk about rifles, but it is what you make it, right? The time you put in and yeah. the energy you put in is kind of what you get out of it. And that's what's so cool with you. Um, you know, and your, your background in engineering, you, you could totally geek out on this stuff and it's, people are putting it in via you, right. With this expertise. And it's just like, dang, man. Um, you know, it got me building my own arrows again. I mean, it pulled a few dollars out of your pocket, but it was just like, you know what, this build is sweet. How can I, you just go and you start to try and replicate it. Right. And yep. I think yeah, it, it's no problem. I think especially I, now with like my own veins and mm-hmm. stuff like that, I'm, I'm, I'm making more products for people to be able to build better arrows as well. Uh, just because like, number one, I love building arrows, but like, honestly, if, if I could just do testing and studies and, and play with like my wind tunnel and play with my lab radar and play with the CFD, if I could just do that stuff, I probably would, but I love building arrows. People are like, you got to get more people to help you. I have one guy, Tyler, that helps me out a lot, but, um, and he does the builds. I cut them and I spine them and I, you know, double check them. So when I get them back from him, I test everything. But uh, yeah, he he really opens me up to to be able to play and create because I have a lot of different ideas. I came out with my Super Saber veins, and uh, they're killing it, man. I mean, absolutely killing it. I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, I got a bunch of orders because I just released the the Rev two of them. And we'll get into that stuff, but she was like, how are they selling? I was like, they're selling like freaking crazy. I mean, people are buying them left and right. And I was like, it's, it's amazing because it's like literally DCA custom arrows is right here. This is it. Like I do all the packaging. I do all the, I answer all the questions, like everything. And I, 
I don't do it that way on purpose. It's just, I'm still growing and I'm new at the grow at the growth and I'm trying to find the right people to, to work with me. And they got to be close to my house here in Indiana. And so it's a, it, it's a thing that I don't want to mess up. And so, you're an engineer. Uh, Let's not yeah, forget exactly. that. <laughs> I didn't a... want to say that, but yeah, I, <laughs> nobody does it better than me. And I don't mean to sound that way, but like, that's how every yeah. engineer will tell you yeah. that everything works. There's it's like, a, I'm precise everything yeah, I do. There's a particular, a particularity that comes with engineers. And I mean, I deal yes. with you guys day in and day out at work and it's just like, you got to give them the time. You got to give them the space because that's they're just going to do it that way. And that's the way it is. And it's pretty awesome, yeah, especially sure. in the at, well, I shouldn't say that at work. It's frustrating as all get up because it's like, dude, come on, <laughs> speed yeah, it, it along. Yeah, that's why they pay you, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, but when it comes to these builds and the science behind it and being able to do all the testing and geek out on it, you know, for the lack of a better word. There, yeah. I don't know that there's a better resource, you know, it's just like, man, this is, this is the business. Yeah, for sure. And it, the other thing is, it, I mean, arrows aren't super cheap, but they are, you know, you can buy a set and you can have them for a while. And as far as like, you know, playing with things and testing things and changing things and making a change and seeing the their results of it with archery, it's, it's pretty big. So, I mean, you could go out, get a set of arrows and then, um, you know, put different point weights in it that we talked about that on the first time I was on throw different point weights on there and see how it affects your flight. And then, you know, if you add more point weight to the front, then you need a, and it, and they fly better and they group better then you need a softer spine. You know, you could kind of play with things like that. And that's, you know, to buy a set of points, get, you get my points, uh, you see <laughs> but, <laughs> but you could also, you know, you could go anywhere and find a set of, you get points for, you know, cheap and they don't have to be great. They just have to weigh the right amount and then test them, shoot them, see how they do. And, and like for somebody who doesn't do it professionally, then they can, it, this is what they can do in their free time. You know, they can go out after work and they can do this and shoot. Uh, for me, it is work, but um, for a lot of things, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's a relatively inexpensive sport that you could see a lot of variation with minor changes and minor investment. And that's really, I mean, that's why I fell in love with it. Cause I could go out and shoot and change a, a few things very, very easily. Just unscrew points, screw points back in and see drastic results. So I, I, that's the thing that I love about it. I, th I think people get lazy though, right? Because you go, you know, you build an arrow or you get a new bow and, and this is a generalization and an assumption on my part. So don't persecute me. Folks. No. <laughs> but you know, guys, say, guys will be like, you know, oh, man, I want X's, right? I want the 12. I want the 12. And then, you know, as they're out there, they're tuning, they're like, ah, you know, three inches, not bad. Maybe dial in a little more. And then, you know, the 10 rings, okay, because I'm grouping. I got a two-inch group. And you'll see people, like, kind of settle back. And it's just like, God dang it, man. Right? That's That, call it two inches at 20 yards. Now, go out to 60, and you've just tripled that variance. And it's just like a little bit more time, you know, a, a bit more tinker and I don't want to take Dan's stuff there because he's kind of thrown that into his whole mix but the more tinkering you could do like you're saying the better the better off you're going to be and then to find that sweet spot because that's where it is it's getting past like I'm okay with that and keep going and then that's when it's like yeah. mother effing money you know and that's that's where yeah. I get off on it man the the part for me like when yeah. you know, I was getting my customs from you and it's hard because you got this arrow. I mean, they're perfect, right? But then when you want to tinker, 
you're gonna have to change something and it's just like oh man yeah. <laughs> well there's people that too that are like even you know a, a lot of guys that just hunt with their arrows or something they go out and they get their sight tape set up and they don't want to mess with anything because then they have to reset their right. site and they have to do this. So there's, there's some changes that come with it, but I think in the off season or when you're shooting just for fun, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to change all your stuff around. You can make small changes, you know, get a set of arrows from somewhere again, you know, throw some different points on them, maybe try some different veins. Uh, you know, that would be a, a cool thing to do and just see how it affects everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's, it's a, it's a tinkerer sport for sure, because your bow has so many variables in it that something's going to change throughout time. I mean, your strings are going to kind of set, your limbs are going to take a set to uh, maybe to some degree or something, but it's hard to keep everything exactly consistent. So I encourage people to try them out and, and you know, try different things. I, there's a lot of people that I built one set of arrows for, and then, uh, like you, they kind of take the spec sheet that I gave them and they just play with it on their own. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are always jumping into the sport. I talk to guys every day that are new to the sport. Um, and then I talk to guys that have been in the sport forever and they finally just go, you know, like to your point where they're like, all right, I'm getting serious about this now. I want to shoot, you know, five inch groups at 70 yards or something like that. And they're like, what do I need to do to do that? And so I help them out with that. And is that good? I talk about, I'm gonna cut you off. Is that good? Is a five inch group at 70 yards? Good. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it's subpar. I would agree with that, but I mean, it's a, it's a step for everybody, but it's hard for me to say, because depending on the day, like when I shoot a lot and I'm really working, like when I was really developing uh, the veins, the super savers, um, I shot all the freaking time. I mean, I shot all the time and at my local range before I had to go to a private area to shoot because patent stuff and things. But before that, I mean, there's a, there's a target that was a hundred yards out and it was about five inches, but maybe five or six inches out in diameter. And when you hit it, you could hear the thump, thump. It was a different sound than the rest of it. And so me and a few buddies would just sit out there and shoot and, you know, you don't, and you hear the, thump, and it'd be like, yeah, I got it. Got you know, it. It's a hundred yards. So you, you know, you're close, but if, if you hear it, you knew you're there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, but we're not all, you know, Levi Morgan and, uh, Steve Anderson and dropping, you know, three inch groups at a hundred yards. So for everybody that's out there, I mean, just getting better is the key. And so if you're, if you're shooting at, cause a lot of guys I talk to too, are like, um, I shoot like 30 yards and then they ask me about the veins and I tell them how my development process with that. And then I shoot hundred yards regularly. And they're just like, man, that's incredible. I, I could never shoot hundred yards. It's like, yeah, I could. Anybody could. Yeah. I mean, if you have the speed to get the arrow there, start at 20, and just start walking your way back. Shoot at 20, shoot at 30, shoot at 40, shoot at 50, shoot at 60. And don't think about what you're doing. Just shoot your bow. And it's incredible how good of a shot you could be at 100 yards when you're not thinking about shooting 100 yards. You know, it's just if you're at 20 and you're at 30, it's no big deal. And 30 to 40 is no big deal. And 40 to 50 is no big deal. You could just keep going and, and keep shooting. You'll really get good at shooting long distances. And then when you walk up to shoot that 20 yards, like you know, did you feel like you're going yeah, like, to like you need to lean back a little yeah. bit because you're going to hit it as soon as it lets go. But yeah, it, it's fun. I think it's a good sport to tinker and to, and to play with things. So 
So it's let's crazy though. Well, let's. Uh, so I kind of want to run through, you know, some of the other products because, you know, talking about getting back into my own build. So my goal was like, okay, I'm looking at the spec sheet you gave me after I think it's probably my second or third build, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start yep. building arrows again, and everything is on there, right? And the the trick is getting it nat's ass. <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, the exactly. trick so you know and one of the things that helped me with that was uh the vein alignment tool right is is yeah. being able to say okay kyle set them at you know at there it is at uh yeah. at two degrees right or you know uh two and two, a half degrees yeah, yeah two and a half right off and setting that in the in the bits and dialing that in and going okay how do i do this right and you're gonna you're going to screw the pooch a couple times, right? There ain't no, oh, yeah. when yeah. you're trying to be that precise, but then even dialing in the process uh, when you're gluing the veins on is, is a huge deal, right? Because I've seen some fluctuations. I'm going to say to a grain and a half side, just because of glue, be it on the insert or your half out and your veins. I mean, you could really see a fluctuation here. Matter of fact, I believe it was, I met a guy, he was shooting, I saw the DCA, uh, I saw the Super Sabres, um, and I was talking to him, and, you know, he had done the same thing, basically, he had uh, got some builds from me that started building his own, and that we started talking about trying to dial it in to, basically, Kyle's spec, right, where it's like, yeah. perfect, the amount of glue, so we're talking about our glue process <laughs> coming yeah. down the vein, because that makes all the difference in the world and in adhesion to the carbon or if you're using a wrap, you know, and that's all that's, yeah. I don't know, man. We'll have to talk about that too. I'm, I've I'd noticed, love, to, love to talk about wraps. Cause I get, uh, I get that question a lot. Is it better with or without the wrap and all that stuff? But, uh, that is part of it too. I mean, the, the reason that, um, I don't like, I try to build the best arrows I can. And if there's a better process out there, I change and I adapt and I, I use it. Like I, I try new things all the time. I just recently switched glues. So um, I found a glue that's a little bit more uh, forgiving. It's the Bob Smith maxi cure. Um, it's a, it's a thick glue. So uh, this was actually recommended to me by uh, another guy that was like, Hey man, you should check this stuff out. Uh, the AAE max bond glue is very, very, very similar to this, um, Bob Smith maxi cure. In fact, I kind of, I'd be surprised if they weren't the same thing, but I don't know that for sure, but they're very, very similar. So check that out, but it's a very thick glue. And I was using a very thin glue, relatively speaking, or to be a, a, a total engineer, you know, it's, it's the amount of just viscosity. Right. I was so going to say it's the viscosity, is, more viscosity has. Yeah. And the thinner it is, the less viscosity has, but, um, that thick glue actually is nice because it helps fill the gap. So as you put the veins on, you know, you don't always have everything perfectly flat down, no matter what you do. It's just impossible. I mean, it's, you'll look at it, it'll look like it's flat, everything will be flat, but there's, it just can't be. So that thicker glue actually helps kind of fill those gaps and that glue sets really quick. So I, I will, I, say, I will say in my experience, I, I have noticed the lower viscosity glues tend to hold better in super cold weather. And I'm not sure what that is um, or why that is, but I've noticed yeah. that over the years. I, I originally liked the thin glues because I kind of liked it self-leveling. So when I would put it on the vein, it would kind of spread out all over the, the base of the vein. And um, that's why I liked it. I But I was very specific. I mean, like 
the uh, Loctite for ultra precision yeah. liquid <laughs> is what I really like. That viscosity is just like perfect for me. But I think that you get better uh, adhesion or more consistent adhesion with a thicker glue because it has that gap filling ability. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have it all the way down one way or another, uh, you know, it's good. But like I always uh, get the backs for the video guys. I always get the back down all the way and the front down all the way. That's not what I'm talking about, but it's just those little imperfections that you're going to have as you put the pressure on, it takes out. And I'm talking like six thousands, you know, I mean, very small numbers, things like that. But um, and that's, that's why I like that. And it depends on how anal you re retentive you are with that stuff too. Right. Because some of the veins, you know, if, if you put a, just a little too much pressure, you'll actually go backwards in that yes. and you'll see a ripple, you know, at that contact point on the edge. And, Oh dude, it's for me, that's a start over. Like I'm like, or I can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll push all the glue out, out from under yeah. it. And that that's hard to do because uh Loctite or I'm sorry, the CA glues, cyanoacrylate glues are made for very, very small gaps. So they should work better in that situation. But I'm also finding that um like insert glues, I originally like a really thick insert glue and I still do. So there's a couple that I use, um, but the thicker stuff, what I found is that thinner actually kind of fills more of the gap around the inserts better. And so I'm, I'm still experimenting with that. I have uh, a couple things I'm doing, like right now I'm doing some um, aeroshaft testing. And so I have some, I'm still setting up all the tests and all that stuff, but hopefully be able to get some, some data out there about that. Just real uh, strength numbers on, on the shaft. So I could test hoop strength or kind of you know the, how well it keeps together like this. and does it separate if you hit the back of it. Um, as well as just like loading the arrow as uh, to kind of get some numbers on that. And then once I get those numbers, I have to figure out what's important because like I, already I know one arrow is weaker than another arrow on the hoop strength, but I know that they're good arrows. So it's like, what's important and what do you need? And that's something that is just part of being an engineer is figuring out what's important. You know, you can measure a bunch of stuff, but if it, if it's not, if it doesn't correlate to anything that's realistic, then, uh, you need to keep diving uh, deeper and figure out what that is. I, the the hard part I have with that is what's valuable to the everyday guy, right? When we're looking yeah. at this stuff, and unfortunately, and I don't know if it's unfortunate, but unfortunately, um, we place a lot of value on on the branding that's on the side yep. of that. So, irregardless of hoop strength, because most folks wouldn't even begin to even think about that, right? And and we kind of follow the pattern of this is what this guy said. This is what I'm doing instead of getting yeah. into it and understanding why that's a good arrow. Um, that's like, I was telling you about, I've been shooting the Aerotech MTs for a couple of years now. And yeah. uh, I, dude, I absolutely love that arrow. Right. And, and for, you know, practical for me, it's, it's perfect, right? It strength, the spine is perfect. There's zero, excuse me. I sh and that's a hard one, right? Cause there's no spine line on that arrow. And that's one of the things for me, it's like, I don't have to worry about spine testing, right? The way they yeah. build that arrow is it goes in my bits and my process starts, right? So I took a step yeah. out of the equation for me and then, you know, building arrows for three bows plus my bow or excuse me, plus my wife's bow. It's like, I don't have to deal with any of that, right? So it's like- yeah. You know, you start talking hoop strength, man, and it's a branding thing for us blue collar guys. We don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys are like, what but the that's, hell? That's part of what I do is like figure that stuff out. And then when somebody's like, I don't care, like 
my buddies now, like my buddy, uh, TJ, who half rack plugged them. Cause I'll be with, I'll be at their booth at ATA. If anybody wants to swing by, uh, I'm the tall, very skinny guy there. So, uh, come check it out. But, um, like for him, you know, it was like when I started doing all this stuff, I was telling him about all this stuff and I was like, you know, da, 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 and they fly awesome. And he was like, I don't understand anything you just said, except that last part. Yeah, they, just, fly they fly awesome. awesome. Make mine do that. <laughs> so for me, just to have the knowledge to be able to build a better arrow and, and have more, and just honestly, it's, it's personal, uh, interest. So like when I developed my, my super saber veins there, that was honestly just, just curiosity, honestly, because, uh, initially when I did them, like I, uh, I just built some because I worked as a earlier in my career, I was a, in R and D still, but I worked on starters and alternators. And so design a few fans that had blades and with a starter and alternator, you don't want to hear it whining in your car, especially if you have a, like a caterpillar, you know, bulldozer, you don't want to hear it, even though you're outside, you don't want to hear the whining of that. So I was like, yep, got it. No problem. Hands down. And made a, a vein. It's actually still on my laptop. It's a picture right here on my laptop, but, uh, like I still have that one shot it. It was the loudest vein I'd ever tested in my life. <laughs> it was just crazy loud. And I was like, whoops. And I was like, now I got to figure this out. You know, I was like, something is not right. And now I look at it and I'm like, that's, that's why it didn't work. But yeah. So when I was developing, uh, the super sabers, um, it just became a, an obsession and kind of a personal interest thing to, to figure that out why and how it works. And then man, with these, like, uh, once I figured out how it worked and why, how to make it quiet, I also, the reason it's quiet is because it's, it's efficient. So like the air that is passing over these veins, um, I've optimized it, you know, using, like I built my own wind tunnel. I think we talked about this, mm -hmm. but I built my own wind tunnel. Uh, so the, the arrows, now, this is a little short one that I have just for demo, but, um, the arrows can spin freely in the wind tunnel. I can run any broadhead on them. I want, I can run any vein on them. I want any length arrow, any knock, anything I want on them and see how they perform. I can either test them, you know, check RPM or check other things with them and, uh, check veins relative to each other and then check like arrow weights relative to each other, see how fast they spin up and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, for me, it's just a personal obsession. And because archery, like we talked about before, there's so many variables involved in it. Um, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's easy to see big changes. If we're shooting like precision loaded rounds or something like that, then it's, it's harder to see that group, you know, you shoot and it's like, well, that was a minute. And then it was like, well, that was just a minute and a little bit. Well, what, what was the variable to change there? You know, did my breathing or did I slip off the rest or something like that? But with archery, it's such a wide sport that there's so many variables that are acting on it. You could get uh, pretty quick to, reasons why things are working the way they are. So that's why I, I again, that's why I love it. But, uh, what just yeah. because you brought it up, what's half rack. So half rack, uh, they make all kinds of hunting accessories, but, and it, it's a lot of accessories that people use every day. Um, uh, like, uh, bags for your guns and gun cases mm -hmm. and chairs and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, the, the hole that they saw was like, everything was designed, with a lot of um, 80s and 90s design concepts in it. And so when you look at something, you're like, yeah, that's probably something my my old uncle has in his garage somewhere, you know, that kind of look. Where Half Rack, they've taken everything and they've improved the quality, but also like the look of it. And 
uh, my buddy, uh, TJ that I talked about earlier that got me into archery. Uh, he's the one that kind of just sprinkles on it. So they, they jokingly call me the arrow wizard and he's kind of the design wizard. So when he sees something and he's like, you know, let's just add a little stitch here, or change, you know, that gray's not right. We got to add a little bit of, and then it, it, it just looks great. I mean, it's amazing. So, um, check them out, but yeah, it's a lot of hunting accessories. They're just up to date, better quality and, and just completely redesigned for kind of today's hunter, you know, somebody that, that isn't, you know, 70 years old or something, but I think even then a, a 70 year old would probably like it too. just have something that looks new. Okay. I got it. I just pulled it up. I was curious. Yeah. So, all right. We, we brought it up a few times. So let's talk about the super sabers. And the one thing I want to ask you is, so with, with this, when you go into development, right. And you, I know you spend hours, right. Kind of obsessing over it. And why is this working? How's that work? And you know, it's like 24 hours of thought. How do you, how does that work in business though? Right. Because do you temper you like your order? Cause you're like, Oh, I might improve this or I might come up with something. How do you, how do you deal with that with yourself? Yeah. So with the veins, like I, I wasn't designing veins. Um, like I didn't have a timetable where I needed to launch them. So like I said, I'm a one man show. So my marketing department's me, my purchasing is me, <laughs> the graphics are me, you know, it, and if I don't want to launch something, I don't do it. It's until it's ready. I don't do it. And with my day job and everything like that, we have more of a timetable where we have to get things done at certain times. And I've always hated that. I understand to a point the, the saying that marketing has is sometimes you have to shoot the engineer. And what they, what they mean by that is that you got to get, get it out to market. We're done, go. And I, I didn't have that restraint. You know, it was like, just work on it until all you want. So honestly, for two years, I developed the super saver veins and it was just, um, you know, number one, it was figuring out the general shape. So this kind of double Delta design here is the shape that kind of got it. And then um, the the rest of it was just optimizing it for not only um, working with a broadhead, working with a field point, running the CFD, which is basically like a wind tunnel in, in my computer so I could see how the air was flowing around it. I just kept rolling through that and rolling through that, optimizing that. And then I would take that and I'd go to calculations that NASA actually uses. So when NASA is figuring out the stability of a rocket, uh, that's the same calculations that I use to optimize kind of the shape of these to, to optimize the stability of the arrow and, uh, you know, having that data to back me up. Cause I'm not like a, a super confident person. Um, I could talk for a long time about arrows, but about myself is a different story. So like, I can't con people unless I have numbers that, and if I go into my day job and I'm like, yeah, this will work. They go, why? And I go, so I really like it. And they go, no, you know, there's, there's literally millions of dollars going on this. And we don't want you to really like it. We want to see little graphs and charts and numbers and safety factors, things like that, Kyle. So with that, it's the same thing with this, you know, I'm just, I'm running with it. I'm developing it. And then at some point I just said, you know, all right, I'm adjusting this by, you know, two or three thousandths of an inch. I was like, it's time to let it go and let it go. You know? So I, uh, made a bunch of them up, um, shot them, tested them. I loved them. I mean, I was just like, this is insane. And so I sent a bunch out, um, some to the DIY sportsman, uh, some to my buddy, Josh, you know, some to my buddy TJ and just let them shoot them and, and try them out. And, uh, yeah, they were like, these are incredible. And, uh, 
the DIY sportsman is actually uh, Garrett Poole. Uh, he's an engineer as well. And so uh, he's very, very analytical and logical. And uh, a lot of times I'll bounce ideas off of him and be like, what do you think about this? Because he'll, like all engineers do, we call each other out as much as we can. And uh, he was like, I was like, what do you think these things? And he's like, they're ready to go, man. And I said, sell them. And he said, absolutely. So that's when I knew that they were, they were good to go. Um, and so we, we launched, or we, I launched them. Uh, they sold like crazy. Uh, it, they got picked up and people were loving them. The, the one thing that I was hesitant about was the material. And so I got uh, the shape and the everything down to, to perfection. The material, I thought that I had found the perfect one and I really did when going into it. So uh, they were being molded in uh, Wisconsin and it was more of a prototype mold. So it was a two cavity kind of prototype mold, meaning that it wasn't kind of set up for large quantity runs. And so um, the initial launch of them uh, was the old material and like they had some issues with them when they were molding them. They used mold release on them for one run and that kind of propagated throughout. And I was like, oh, and mold release is an oil that they used so that when something's molded and they open up the mold and the thing falls out, that it fall out easier. And oil in any type of glue doesn't mix at all. So that was a big problem. I've been kind of talking to a lot of people about that and working through how to resolve the issues when they have them. Uh, if you do have an issue, let me know. I'll take care of it. But um, I recently switched molders. So now it's actually in Kokomo, which is 45 minutes from me. And so um, instead of being in Wisconsin, which is, you know, eight hours or something from me, I can just, I literally drive to this guy's molding shop. It's a very small one. The guy's uh, Moonlight is the name of it. Actually, if you need any gunsmithing, you're in Indiana, it's a good place to go. Uh, but he, uh, it's an eight cavity tool now. And man, when these things come out, they are absolutely perfect. Like I showed him, uh, I was like, this is the vein. This is this, this is this, everything on the drawing that I had, I mean, down to everything. I was like, I want this, this way and that, that way. I was like, do you think you could do it? And I knew him from, uh, my, my day job. So I knew they did great work. I knew the guy himself, Rusty, and was just like, these have to be perfect though. I want to be a hundred percent perfect. And he was, he just looked at me. He's like, yeah, man, they'll be perfect. And I was like, all right, just his confidence was there. And I'd seen some of the smaller parts that he'd molded and everything. And so, uh, built the tool, the tool is freaking gorgeous. I mean, if you're an engineer, <laughs> if you saw this tool, you just, you'd lose it. Cause it is beautiful. And he starts running them and the veins are perfect. I mean, they, and I'm very, very particular, but these things, you look at like one versus another one and they're identical. I mean, there's, there's no difference. In fact, with the new material, um, it's on the, the packaging. It says there's 7.1 grains plus or minus 0.1 grain. So if you take a, a grain of rice, divide it into 10 pieces, that's what you get. That's the variation is one of those little tenth pieces. Of, and they are, I mean, I measured tons of these things. Cause I was like, yep, seven, 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 seven. They're like dead on. I had to put the point one on there because every now and then there'll be one that is point one. Kind of but these are basically exactly seven grains every single time. So I do exactly. that when when yeah. you when you send me my veins like before I fletch, dude. I'm one at a time on the scale, and I got you know I'll start marking them. And here's this pile. Here's this pile. Here's this pile. Here's this pile. And yeah, it's got to be consistent, right? I want it consistent. Yeah. And sometimes that may mean 
number one is 7.1, number two is 6.8, number three is 7.0, right? It's, it's, if yeah. I can do it that way, I'll do it that way. Cause then I got consistency yeah. in flight versus going, okay, these are all sevens, putting them on. These are all six eights, putting them on. I get variance in, in grain weight, total grain weight of the arrow. Whereas if I just, you know, take the time and I separate them and here's one, here's two, here's three and put them on the yeah. same, that's number one, number two, number three. And it's, it's Nat's ass. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean like to, to let people know just who don't know what a grain is without that, like a sheet of paper, that's about 10 veins. So a sheet of paper is 10 veins. And like the scale that I use, I have one that's super accurate, but it, it measures in grams. I have another one that I use, I weigh arrows on and it's like 0.2 is kind of where it's at. So if something's either, you know, seven or uh, 7.2 or something like that, but I mean, it, the difference is so small that like you have to hold your breath while you're weighing yeah. things or it will pick It'll up. Pick on it that. up. That's that. how close it is. But yeah. So the consistency of the vein is, is spot on now. Um, the material is a big change. So that, that um, was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. So, oh, uh, real quick, the other thing with the weight. So right now I have the white, I have uh, orange, and I have green. And so normally with every other vein that I've ever, ever used in my life, if you use a white one and an orange one or a white one and a green one, they weigh differently. These do not. These weigh exactly the same all the way through. So I, it's, a, it's way more expensive to do it this way for the colorant and all that stuff. And it's harder to, to add colors and switch colors. But it's kind of that thing where like, I know there's a better way to do it. So I'm going to do that way. I did. So these are even the, the green, the orange, the white, they all weigh exactly the same. There's no variation in the, in the, in the weight. Archery is a game of consistency, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in every facet of it, it's a game of consistency from your arrow build to the point that's on the front of the arrow to how you yeah. anchor and how you release whatever that release method is. So yep. it's, and it's hugely important. And yeah, if you, there's, there's folks that aren't going to care if they're plus or minus four or five grains. It drives me crazy if I'm out right. that far. Like, I can't deal with yeah. it. Um, and that's it's one of those things, too, build. where, like, if you buy the veins, you're not, like, you don't have to buy them and weigh them and know that, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's, like, they are there. They're perfect. And all you have to do is use them. You know, it's that's why, you know, like, back to the arrow testing, I want to take everything to it the, as far as I could possibly take it. I mean, I want to – the rabbit hole is, like, the start of where I was with these veins. Two years <laughs> – I was like on the other side of the earth of the rabbit hole with these veins. So, um, but that, that, uh, weight difference is the big thing. And then, like I said, that was, it's more, and that's why I don't have more colors right now is because number one, I'm, it's one guy. Um, two is like, it costs a lot for this to do the color this way it costs a lot and it, it takes more time, but, um, I will be adding more colors. I also have, so this vein is, uh, uh, 0.55 tall. Grab the other one. There it is. So about the same height as a blazer or a max hunter or something like that. Point, uh, 2.25 long. Uh, so 0.55 tall. I do have a smaller version of it. So a shorter version of it that I've already developed. I'm just kind of waiting to recruit some of the money because like you mentioned, you know, before about when do you make the change or how do you know when to do something? So about a month, uh, I've been launching, I launched veins a long time ago. 
I have a buddy now up in Wisconsin that actually works for a large plastics company. And he's super cool. He's a little, I'm 46. He's a little younger than me. And uh, I would message him and a lot. And then he would message me back. And I was like looking for this material. I was looking for my initial material and all that stuff, talking to him and emails me back like right away. And I was like, dude, I hate to monopolize your time because he's not the level I should be talking to. He's higher than I should be talking to, but he digs it. And he's like, you know, I deal with people that are working on washing machines or something and they need a plastic for this part or that part. And nobody really cares. You know, it's just like, mm. but he's like, I talk to you and you're just like going crazy the entire time I'm talking to you about specs and everything. And so, uh, he said, every time that I'm talking to anybody, I always look at it, it you know, is that a, a material that Kyle could use? And so he would send me all these data sheets and everything. And I'd be like, I like this or that one and that or that one. This is the part I don't like. That's the part I don't like. Okay. 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 And then Next time he would send me a different version and then um, he would send me little uh, pallets of it so I could like play with them and cut them up and try to glue them together and then uh, sent me the new material. And I was like, that's pretty good. You know, I was like, uh, it passed the spec test. It passed the little plate test. And then I was like, is there any chance I could get a little sample of that? And he said, yeah, we can send you a couple pounds of it, you know, 10 pounds of it. So again, because my molder is 45 minutes away, I drove it up there and he was like, yeah, come on up, you know, next Wednesday or this Wednesday, we'll run it. Ran some of the other material and then ran the new material. And I was like, oh, it's pretty nice. You know, let's glue one up. So the mold's running and I, I got my jig there and I'm fletching and he's there helping me out and dialing in the mold, you know, the process and everything. And I was like, yeah, these are, these are good, dude. But I had tons of the old material. Uh, that I'd already made. I had tons of material sitting in Lancaster ready to be sold. I had veins here that I was ready to sell. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, scrapping it all, man. So we literally, uh, I bought back all the material from Lancaster. I have three ginormous boxes in my office right now. Me, bro. <laughs> I will. I'll send them. Yeah, you can have a I love, I, honestly, and, and that was one of the things, you know, when I messaged you and I saw the two O's and I was like, well, what the hell's the difference? And I was like, I hope it's not the material. And then you said it. And so the only downside to that material, in my opinion, it had some memory to it, right? So if it bent over or something. Um, That's the old material. Does. Yes, yes. And yeah. you saw that. But there wasn't enough detriment in that little bit of memory right. that I was able to see versus the results I was getting in the vein. So I was just, I was yeah. a little reluctant, you know, and I just got my yeah. pack we don't check the mail every day because it's so far away, but I just got my pack. I think I pulled it out of the mailbox maybe day before yesterday. And uh, that was the first thing I noticed when I started looking at them. And I'm like, holy crap. I mean, they are just tight, tight, tight when you look at them, right? Like yeah. visually, there's no variance. <laughs> and I haven't put them yeah. on the scale yet, but that was the first yeah, thing I money. noticed. But that was- Because I was like- Good. Oh, no, I was going to say that that was the only thing I was concerned about because I really liked the other material, you know, and I yeah. know part of it was the stealth, you know, or the, the um, you know, how loud it was or how quiet they are in flight. And that was one of the yeah, big yeah. things. And I, you know, I know it has a lot to do with the shape, but I also felt like it was that material, too, because it was stiff. It was stiff, but it was just there was something pliable about it that made at least in my pea brain made it made me think like that material has something to do with how quiet it is. Yeah. So the the new material, <coughs> the new vein, um, the old veins had some variation to them. So like the 
the tolerance you would see is like seven plus or minus 0.2. So it goes yeah. six, eight or it goes 7.2, something like that. Yeah. These, like I said, are, are much tighter on the tolerance, but also um, the memory. So the durometer of them or how hard something is, the durometer of these is exactly the same as the, it's not exactly, it's off by like two, but that's within tolerance of the, the hardest of the material. So these are the same stiffness as the old ones, but the, the advantage of them is there's no memory to them. So like you could, with the new ones, you can take the top of it and you could try to twist it like a piece of paper and then it goes right back to its original shape. The other thing you can do, and I'm kind of doing this on video for the guys listening to it, like I can get this and pull that and twist it and it goes right back to its shape. Right, it doesn't get with that With the crinkle. other ones, yeah, with the other ones, uh, and there you can see it's perfectly straight. But with the other ones, like if I wadded them up like that, it wouldn't go back to straight. It would be permanently deformed. And so what guys were doing was shooting through 3D targets right. with them. And I was like, well, you shouldn't be shooting to the 3D target with your arrows, but it happens, right? And then they'd be like, that arrow's toast. And I was like, yeah, but see, I disagree. Shoot through 3D targets. But I don't, I don't think it was toast. And dude, I yeah, yeah. But it, it bothered me. So these yeah. are the same. It's the same durometer. It's the same shape. Uh, it's actually a better shape. So the original ones, uh, the round on the front of this, uh, you can't even really see it, but it's it's conically shaped at the front of it for aerodynamics. Mm -hmm. um, not a huge deal, but it was there. And then uh, the other ones, there's some mismatch with the mold. And so there wasn't, that wasn't perfect. It is now, but um, yeah, with the new veins, you get that durability of the material and like I have one here and this is, it's, it's almost yellowed now and it's not from anything in the sun. Cause I, I took the new ones and put them out in the sun for a long time and in the, put them in the sun. Um, I fletch things like, like this little short shaft. I fletch them. I put them in water. I put them in my freezer in my garage and just leave them out there for like two weeks and then, uh, bring it in. And I sit there and break it out of the ice and then check and make sure that they're, they're still good. They're still adhered. And, you know, they're, they're not uh, deformed or brittle or anything like that from that temperature. Um, but with this one, it's basically yellow because these are some of the original veins that I molded out of that first 10-pound uh, sample. And I took this one, and you could see... Well, see Come down just that. a little bit. There you go. There you go. So you could see that it's perfect. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. I beat the living crap out of this thing. Like, I would be watching uh, a movie with my family my wife would be like, what are you doing? And I'm just holding it like this, just <laughs> wadded up as much as I can. I mean, it's, it's like, it's living in a target right now. So I would wad it up, just the veins as wadded up as I could. And then I would just let it go back to, to its original shape. And one time, uh, I actually took it and I set it on my nightstand. So I set it flat on my nightstand. So it was flat on the bottom. And I put a book on top of it to smash it all the way down and kind of left it there for three days by accident. So when I, when I got it out, it was kind of bent over like this. And then as soon as I let it go, it pretty much did that. It, all, it That one went right back to shape. But this one, after three days, it was a little bit laid over. And I was like, Ugh. so I just came down. I put it on my desk and then started doing something else. I came back. And when I noticed it, it went it right back right to back. its original shape. So the, <clears throat> the durability of these things, and I shot, oh, actually I have. So this arrow, uh, you could see just a little black mark there. But other than that, 
you can't. And in that orientation, you can see how straight all the veins are. Everything is just perfectly straight. So before with the old material, I actually, down a little bit more, uh, I shot the old material through, I just took a Lancaster box and shot through it three times. And then it started to kind of get ripply on the top of it. And I was like, that's pretty good though. I mean, good pass through, good adhesion, everything's good. Um, with this one, I actually went back out. I got a new Lancaster box and then I took three layers of a fairly dense cardboard. I stuck those together and taped them. So three layers and then I put that on front of a box. So now I'm shooting through five layers of cardboard and I shot this arrow, this exact arrow, I shot 12 times through that box. No deformation at all. Then I took the same arrow and shot, I have a, a, a black hole target and it's never stopped anything in its life. But I shot through the middle of it and kind of worked my way out. I shot through the middle of it four times and then I shot it the fifth time and it buried up to the knock. So it was in there and just wadded up in there. And that's that arrow. So uh, I, I talked to a few guys that were having issues with pass-throughs and I said, hey, I'm going to send you some veins. Don't tell anybody about them. They're like, all right. So I sent them out and I, I kind of do that a lot. Like if somebody buys something from me and I'll be like, I got something I'm testing. Can you check this out for me? But um, I told that guy, I was like, flex these up, shoot through that same target that you had issues with. And he shot through multiple times. And he said, they're perfect. They're a hundred percent perfect. So yeah, the, the new material, not only do you get like that, the, the new mold, you get the consistency. It's an eight cavity tool instead of a two cavity tool. So I have tons of veins. Like I, I would sell out all the time and I hated that. Um, just because I want people to be able to, if they want them, I want you to be able to get them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, now we have tons of them. I'm actually going to pick more up, um, probably Wednesday or Thursday. And then, uh, I'll have tons. And I mean, I, I told him, I was like, we're just going to keep running these things. We have kind of a set schedule that we're going to be running them. And now that I'm seeing how people are buying them, then I'm, I can kind of get that schedule firmed up a little bit more, but so we'll have tons of them. They're super durable. Uh, the adhesion is even better with this material. Um, so before the AAE max bond or even the Bob Smith max secure would kind of react with the material, not with the new material, but with the old material. And it's a exothermic reaction. So when that cools or when the, it's curing, it gives off heat. And when it would give off heat, it would heat up that material and then it would cause it to deform and then it would be permanently deformed. But with the new material, it doesn't react with it. So you can use whatever you want on it. And in fact, I recommend the AA glue, uh, Max Bond glue or the uh, Bob Smith Max Secure. Both work really, really well with it. The other thing is uh, you don't need a primer pin with these. So I've honestly... I've used a primer pin on one set and that was it. And that was just to check it to make sure a primer pin worked. Other than that, I just use, um, like in the packages, I include uh, little prep pads that are 70% isopropyl alcohol. You just put the, put the vein in your clamp, you know, hold it in there. And then I say thoroughly on the back of the instructions. So just take that prep pad and kind of run it down it. You know, you're cleaning something off. So I go kind of like half with this way and then a little over half that way. And then kind of one more, and then put your glue on there and stick them on there. So you don't need a primer pin with these. Um, I didn't even prep mine. I didn't even prep mine like that, dude. I would put it in. I'd put it in the clamp, and I would just swipe it, and then yeah. you know, shake it a little bit just to you know get that alcohol to burn off, and then just go ahead and glue. And <clears throat> I'm gonna say, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to, I'm five six days a week, 
50 to 100 yeah. arrows at a time. And, uh, dude, I mean, I wasn't burning, I wasn't burning through fletching. Yeah. At yeah. all, you know, I mean, you get the pass through or, you know, you're shooting broadheads and you might nick a, nick a vein or something, but yeah. I thought, oh, I thought the ones were, I thought they were freaking awesome. Yeah. The other thing is, so my knife is a, is a fairly sharp knife. Uh, and this material, uh, I've been in engineering 46. I've been in engineering for over 20 years and I've never seen material like this. So if I like try to cut it, it doesn't cut. It is insanely, insanely tough. Like the way these come out of the mold, there's a, a tree that goes with it, but the, the gate is in the very back of it. And it's very, very small. It's like 10 thousandths in diameter. And to pull these off of that thing, you have to use some force to pop them off. That's how tough this material is. So I, I, it's cold here now, so I don't shoot outside as much as I used to, but um, I shot these with broadheads and I, I wasn't able to cut one with a broadhead, but I don't know if I just didn't get that because it, it takes a few shots to get one. But I mean, uh, like when I was testing these initially, I would cut the, I would cut the foot off the bottom of it and then I would cut it in half this way. And then I try to glue the two pieces together. That was testing the adhesion stuff. And I wasn't able to cut it with my knife uh, through it like on a table, I was like trying to cut it and you can do it, but like, I, I couldn't with some extra effort. Right. Yeah. So I had to go get scissors. And then when you cut it with scissors, you can hear it like cutting through it. It's, it sounds like you're cutting like a tendon or something like that, but um, yeah, they're insanely tough. So highly recommend it. And with the new colors and all that kind of stuff too, the, the big mm. thing was the material, but I know that the, the colors would get the attention for it so you know what's funny is i had people say man i like those veins but they don't but but kyle only has white and i'm like well what's the problem with that well i don't know when i'm knocking and i'm like look dude go get a couple of paint markers get the cock vein up you know knock that sob and then just mark the knock that's facing you just mark your knock orange and that's what i was doing so my yeah well you know i i shoot for 273 feet a second that's that is my number right so yep. i don't care what the weight is out of out of the bow that's the trajectory i want so yep. a couple of my builds they look identical it's the same almost the same exact setup less yeah. my half out right one of them i'm running the stainless steel 55 and the other one's a titanium and it's like 11 or 12 or something and that's the only way that I know the arrow, but I'm not looking at, you know, that when I go yeah. to, yeah. So I just took paint, a little paint marker. And then on the, on the knock side facing me or my side of the knock, I just, you know, orange or green. And I know which arrow yeah. it is, you know? And when I go, yep. I see orange, it's on. And it's actually kind of nice because as I'm pulling it out, I notice the orange, I know where it has to go. And I, I find myself spending less time looking for a cock vein and just yeah. paying attention to that little mark on the, or, or on the knock. Sure. So I'll name drop. I built arrows for Giannis Patelis from Meat Eater Mm -hmm. and he had the same thing where they were all white. I didn't have the colors at the time when I did his, but um, what he did was just took permanent marker and just ran it down the 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 edge of it. Uh And he said, that's all I need. So that, and then uh, the other thing is when you're, if you have them and they're different colors, so like you have one orange or green, your index vein or whatever, uh, if you shoot it as it's flying, if they're different colors, it'll look like it's uh, corkscrewing, but it'll be an optical illusion. So uh, normally I fletch everything, all three, the same color, just for that reason, so that you could see if it's spiraling for real or if it's not. Like if you're, if you see a car going down the road, 
and part of the tire has dirt on it or something, right. it looks like it's wobbling. It's the same thing with your arrow. So as it's, as it's spinning, if it's a different color, it, it looks like it's corkscrewing, but it's not, but yeah, now, I mean, you can, you can run whatever you want. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the next color is going to be. The ones that uh, are in the lead are pink and yellow, which I thought was interesting because mm. a lot of pink I would think like on. red and basic colors, but people are like, no, I want to be able to find them in the grass. And those are, I, I can't tell if that's the loud minority or if that's, that's what people really want. So I might run a poll or something like that, but. Well, you know, I was um, shooting like what, I said, I, when you were building mine and then my builds were pretty much black and red. The problem yeah, is, is when awesome. you, when you get them right. And you want to identify, you know, what kind of hit it was. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And from, you know, I, I built thousands of sets of arrows and by far the, the, the biggest one is white. So I was like, you know, that's, it's honestly, it's the hardest color to mold because any variation or anything you have that could be lost in the system, it shows up in white. It's hard to do, but uh, once you do white, you kind of do anything. Mm -hmm. So we're uh, looking at different colors. Like I said, we have the, the smaller vein. Uh, I'm still working on a name for it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but um, I'm, that's the part that I'm not good at. Look at the, what I name my wraps that are on my websites, like Topo Forest or something. I I need I need a naming person, but um, <laughs> yeah, they they uh, the white is by far the most popular. The interesting thing is uh, I still sell more white, even though I have the the uh, green and uh, orange now. Um, but the orange, I sell more of the 40 packs and the green, I sell more of the hundred packs. Hmm. So I don't know what it is. No rhyme the or reason. Guys like that, well, by well, that, <laughs> that, that kind of sucks. Cause it's hard to, uh, pin it down in terms of sales and, and what you push next. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like when the veins that I sell, I get, they're still on the tree from the molder and I pop them off and put them in a bin. And then I make them like literally 20 yards over that way in my basement here. I, I put everything together. And if you buy it off my website, if you buy anything off my website, I've touched it and put it together. You know, I, I put everything, count them out on my scale and put them in the box. I was going to say you count them. Can't you just weigh them? bro? <laughs> no. Yeah. That's I, I bought, I invested in this really nice scale that uh, it's super, super precision. And so you could put like, 20 veins in there and then you tell it that's 20 veins and then you could like take one off and it knows that there's 19 in there. So now I just, yeah, I do it that Dump way. On. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing, one more thing that I did too was this isn't a huge one, but the, the hundreds now come in a bigger box. So before they were coming all in the smaller box, but it was, it was really tight on the veins, especially when you put a hundred in there. So I went to a, a bigger clamshell form now. So they, they're a little freer in there. It's easier. It's better for the veins and it's better for me putting them in there. Cause I don't have to like get them all perfectly mm -hmm. organized. Right so. Well, yeah. Cause, cause time is of the essence. Um, yeah. I don't think people realize, cause you know, I, I started Western fly and that's when I'm pumping yeah. out orders, dude, like when I'm packaging, Oh my God, dude, that, and I love yeah. it. I love it. I'm not complaining, but that is yeah. the worst. Right. So it's like, yeah. okay, how can I make this efficient as possible? And it's, yeah. I mean, just putting the card in that box is a step in the process that you have to you have to contend with when you have a couple hundred orders in front of you, you know, and people don't yeah. realize it. Not only that, but like, like, I'm sure you've done this too, but like, as you set up your little process, it's like, you know, when I pull the cards out, oh, I'll turn them because they're not facing the right yep. way. It's not efficient for me to take them and then I have to spin them around and put them in there. I can just da, 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 da. Yep. 
So yeah, I mean, you, you learn a lot about yourself and about the process when you do that because you hate it, but, uh, yeah, do you ship one, internationally with your stuff? I'm sorry. You ship internationally. I have, no, I haven't yet. I have not yet. I, uh, I looked at what it costs to ship and I'm like, man, for the, for the price of my product and what it costs to ship internationally, I don't know that it's even worth, it's not one. I don't know. It's, it's always worth my time. Right. Because now I got more eyes on it and and you're kind of growing it, but then it's just like, man, that's a lot of money to ship something like that to someone. So I have it there. I have it there as an option, but it's totally on the consumer to take care of that international shipping because it is absurd, dude. Yeah. I just, uh, a guy from New Zealand messaged me today and he was like, you know, are you ever going to ship internationally? And I said, I have before, but like shipping to Canada is the worst. Um, I ship stuff out and it would be lost in uh, customs for like a month and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I was like, no, I don't because it's just with the way I do things. I use Squarespace for my website. If anybody knows Squarespace, well, contact me, please. But uh, like to, to ship internationally, you have to get the order through Squarespace and you have to go through PayPal shipping in order to, you have to copy their address from one to the other and then go through that and then go through all the custom stuff and the HS numbers and blah, blah, blah. So I, this guy was like, you know, please, I really want to try them. And I was like, yeah. So I shipped not this bit one, but a 40 of orange, a Bane angle tool, a 40 of orange and a couple stickers. I put stickers in with everything. Um, and the order was like, you know, 50 bucks and shipping was 35 yeah. or something like that. That's I was crazy. like, dude. And he's like, no, I'm still in. I said, find somebody and find a shop in New Zealand that I could sell larger quantities to and you just go get there and get them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I one am place opening I, up. I'd like to see the the flies is in New Zealand. That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you this guy's link. He's a nice dude. That's part of the reason why I shipped him to him. He's just a nice guy. I was like, if you really want him, man, I, I, I appreciate that. I will do what I can to get him there. Yeah. It's but I am crazy. taking orders now from, uh, uh, so these are sold. The Super Savers are sold at Lancaster and through me. Um, and I'm starting to talk to smaller shops and get him in there and things like that too. So, uh, looking at those options, but it's, man, it's, it's a lot to do in a day. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> as and you that's, know, right? yeah, well, that's the, that's what I was going to say. That's the hard part, right? Because if, if you're the everything person and thank goodness, I finally found a sewer, um, cause I was, I taught myself how to sew so I could make them, you know, and I oh, was sit there, dude. And I'd get an order. I would never, I was, mountain hunter box hit me up and he's like, Hey dude, I want to put them in my box. Um, you know, for December. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. absolutely. I'm not going to say no, you know, what do right. I, what do you need? And it was like plus 300 dude. And it was just like, holy crap, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God. And I mean, you're, again, you're talking about start to finish on my hands. That means getting the raw goods, right. And cutting everything. So I had to streamline the process, right? So you're talking, I mean, everything was just these two hands from start to finish package. And then finally, finally putting them together so I could ship the order. Dude, that was like, I felt so good when I was done with that. order. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all the finished boxes and everything like that. Like I've had guys put in orders for like four dozen arrows and fleshing four dozen arrows. Like I try to get it just, you know, that day is done is what I'm going to do. And man, just sitting back and looking at four dozen fleshed arrows that are perfect, that are brand new is 
rewarding, but geez, that's a lot of what they don't see is that well is the screw ups when you when you yeah. have that lapse, right? This it, it could be like, what did you say, sweetheart? Oh no, you know. Yeah. And for me, it was like the sewing machine. You know, like I something went wrong or I didn't clean this out after I used it. You know, I got lazy and then I got this, yeah. you know, this bad back stitch or something. And I'm like, oh, so you pulling that one off to the side. You learn really quickly when you're when you're the production house. Like, no, pay attention to everything. Focus. I'm going I'm setting in here for three and a half hours. Don't mess with me. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I have. <clears throat> so, you know, my son's been sick. He's doing better now. Good. Um, But. Yeah. So for those listening, my son uh, has leukemia and is now he's had it for over a year. He's in the maintenance portion of things. So he doesn't have to go every week to get chemo in his port, which is an access point into his main arteries. Um, quick thing there. But uh, so he like he didn't go to school today, but he'll go tomorrow and then he'll go half day Wednesday. He'll go all day Thursday. Friday's variable. It just depends on how he feels. But um he's just really tired. He's been, you know, basically laying down for a year and now is able to get up and do things. And, um, but yeah, so I talk about that. Like I'll be doing something and focused on doing three things at the same time. And then he's like, Hey dad, can you make me lunch? And I'm like, ah. yep. <laughs> he's my number one focus, but it's also like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yep. Or my dog starts barking and I'm like, what do I want to deal with first? You know, it's like, yep. <laughs> do I want to finish this and clean something up or do I want to just, you know, go ahead go and go deal with it now? Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's fun. Right. I mean, you, you don't do something like this out of necessity. You do it because you love it because you want to do it because it's something you're passionate about. Right. And, and yeah. you've, and then once you start down that road, there's no, there's really no turning back. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah. there's not enough, you hear that there's not enough time in the day. Yeah. Let me talk about, let's talk about that. Right. Cause I'm roll. you're rolling yeah. the nine to five plus the side gig. <laughs> Two side gigs. So yeah. I, I have a full-time job. Um, I <coughs> build arrows. I sell veins. I sell points. Uh, I sell the vein angle tools and like that. And then I, uh, also work for dialed archery. So, you know, working on a site and then they're like, uh, you know, we we're selling sites now and we have the first generation out there and all that stuff. We're always refining and kind of looking at how things are coming in tightening tolerances or adjusting dimensions, things like that. Uh, just as we, as you build, you know, it's one thing to build like five or something, but when you start building thousands of something, that's when you really start figuring out what's important and, and um, what's not. Yeah, losing less of the scrap parts that we that we have. So, um, been working on that quite a bit. Um, and yeah, so three full time jobs, taking care of my son because my wife works as well uh, at the same school he goes to. So she has to go in, and I don't. So I take care of him, and then um, you know everything else. You're you're working from home, and so anybody that works from home knows that they don't always get to do what they want to do. It'd be, I'd be more productive if I wasn't here, even, yeah. you know, when my son goes back to school full time, still not as productive because it's like, Oh man, I, I want to get some laundry going or something. <laughs> you know, you're just, there's too many things around to work on. But what do you, what do you let lapse? If something has to lapse in the day, what is it uh, for, for DCA, just for DCA? What's, what's the thing that you let fall down? 
Yeah. The, the one that I hate is like emails. So I get emails a lot during the day and requests for uh, just they, everybody submits the form and that kind of stuff. And I really want to get back to those people really bad. Um, and if you have submitted it, I apologize for not getting back to you, but that's the thing that unfortunately slips. And it's just because, um, you know, I, I've heard stories about companies that get big and it's like, you would go in you talk to this guy, he was nice and he talked to you for a while and he gets you exactly what you want. That store just, you know, man, that I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm not becoming that way. Like if I know that I'm losing business because of it, but like I, I talked to a guy today for 45 minutes and it was just about his build. And like the advantage that I have as DCA customeros over a lot of other companies that, that do, you know, quote unquote customeros is like, I talk to people and I use uh, pre-existing stuff. So like Easton is a known brand. They've been making arrows forever. They're solid. Everybody knows it. Uh, Black Eagle makes an insanely good arrow. How many people have heard about it? Uh, not as much as Easton, but they make a great arrow. Yes, they so do. it's like, let them make the great shafts. I'll take that. I'll put whatever components I want on it, you know, be it a, an iron wheel. Like I'm, you know, I'm buddies with Bill who mm -hmm. owns it. Um, so you could use iron wheel components or you could use uh, like the black Eagle inserts. I love, you know, I use those a lot or I add the, the brass to the back of it. So I can really adjust that weight uh, that's at the front of it that I need to balance out that spine. I can use, you know, already existing components that are solid uh, arrow shafts that are solid. I can get all that going. Plus I talk to people and they're like, you know, it's, uh, oh yeah, you know, um, and I adjust the spine, I adjust the speed, I adjust the weight based on that conversation. So it's like, you know, oh, I, I shoot 60 yards with my buddies, but I never take a shot over 20 yards in an animal. I shoot, you know, and as you talk to them, you hear, I shoot, you know, five inch groups, 70 yards. It's like, okay, I kind of understand the skill of the archer at that point, you know, and it's like, I shoot, you know, I don't really shoot much. I go out and I shoot during the hunting season and that's about it. You know, that kind of comes out. It's like, all right, so you don't shoot a ton. So I'll make a little bit of a weaker arrow. Or if a guy's like, you know, yeah, I shoot, I shoot a lot and I'll hear that a lot too. I shoot a ton and then it kind of find out that they don't. Uh, so you, you have to listen to people and understand, you know, people that are like, yeah, I shoot a two inch group at a hundred yards. And it's like, I know one, I know one guy that can do that. <laughs> and he was a sniper in the army and there's books written about him. So like, I, I talked to this guy and he told me that, and I was like, whatever. And then he's like, we have a, an hour long discussion about, you know, when he's shooting a bullet, he's, he's been successful in combat at like over a mile. So not only just shooting a bullet at something in combat and actually hitting the mark effectively. And he's like, you know, if I'm shooting over blacktop, I know that the heat's rising more from that. So if it's sand, a lot of blacktop, a little concrete, a little blacktop, and that I kind of have to estimate what it's going to do as it's flying. And I'm like, Holy shit, dude, let's build some arrows. You know? <laughs> it's like, and he did. So I built him arrows. He went out and shot and he shot like a one inch group at a hundred yards, but he was like, I can't do it all the time, but he's like, these are really good arrows. Heck yeah. So that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I listen to people. I adjust the spine based on the conversation, adjust the speed, adjust the weight based on what they're shooting, based on what they're hunting, based on where they're hunting. Um, like out West, my veins do extremely good because they have very, very, very little wind drift to them very little wind drift and it's because of how efficiently they use the air. So, um, like with uh blazer or max hunter or something like that, um, on the, the, 
every vein is like at an angle and on the backside of it where the low pressure would develop, uh, a lot of them create a giant low pressure bubble back there. And that low pressure bubble kind of wobbles around. So as you shoot, the back of your arrow can move because that, that bubble is moving around with it. Not only that, but it catches in the wind. I know the arrow is rotating, but there's always that bubble that's rotating with it. As the air moves, it'll grab the back of that and push it around. Um, so my veins, actually, the area on my veins is less than a blazer. It doesn't look like it initially, but like because it's so short up front and all the areas in the back of it, again, for stability, um, that that's how you kind of manage all of that stuff is there's less area there for the wind to push on. Plus, like I fill in because of the shape, it the air comes around the small part of the triangle and then it scoops in around the back of it. So the only low pressure bubble that I have is in this very tip of the arrow. And I know from my wind tunnel that that's enough to, to get the same RPM as any other vein. In fact, I kind of tuned it for that. But um, I actually ran the CFD to find out what the difference between the high pressure and the low pressure was to see how much rotation I would get with it. But uh, that's for the nerds. But the, uh, <laughs> that, little, that little tip of a low pressure there, because that area is all filled in, um, it's further from the axis of the arrow. So that's where you, if you have a low pressure up here, it'll pull that arrow around and you get the same RPM. But because of the efficiency, that efficiency shows itself in the, in the noise that you hear. But with that efficiency, you have less of a bubble, you have less movement with the arrow and you have less wind drift with it. It's crazy how, how little they drift. So you said it a couple of times and I wrote it down because I wanted to go back to it and you, yeah. you and I have had the conversation before. So when, when we're, Generally speaking, right, broad stroke again, when we're building an arrow, people are looking for speed, people are looking for penetration, but very rarely do we hear stability of the arrow, right? right. Um, and that is paramount, paramount. Yeah. Now, if you're a 20-yard shooter and that's what you're shooting, maybe it's not as much of a detriment. But as you're starting right. to stretch it out, Western hunting, and you you know, you got a 60, 70, 80-yard poke. It, it in in open terrain too. Yeah, it becomes more and more uh, a talking point, and and you yeah. don't hear it enough when we talk about builds and the stability of that. Right, you get everything from you know the uh, the log shooters to the guys that swear by you know insane FPS. Right, oh, I got my new bow shoots three hundred and forty IBO, and it's like IBO ain't yeah. shit in the woods, buddy. But anywho, <laughs> so well, talk. The good thing about having a bow that's fast is it allows you to put more weight on it. Yes. So you know, a bow that shoots three twenty um, versus a bow that shoots like three fifty. You know, if you have a bow that shoots three fifty, that means you could shoot a heavier arrow faster too. So it's it's not like well, I want to shoot over three hundred feet per second. It's like I could. We could, maybe we could add another 50 grains. Unless you now. got a 26 inch draw, right? I just bought Unless a three. You have a <laughs> I just yeah. bought a bow. My new bow shoots three, four. Bro, you got a 26 and a quarter yeah. inch draw. <laughs> but then it's even more important because with a 26 inch draw, you can't get all the, the energy behind your setup. Yeah. And so the, the faster your bow is, the more energy you could put into that 26 inch draw. Because I, I, built, I built arrows for people, oh my God, I built an arrow for a guy that's like a 32 inch draw and like 80 plus pounds. It's like 83 pounds and like a 350 IBO. And it was just an insane, insane amount of energy. I mean, like yours is very similar. I mean, it's like 104 uh, foot pounds of kinetic energy. And it's like, geez, dude, versus, you know, uh, uh, a big one that I always remember. And I always tell the story is a, a guy who's uh, my dog, a guy who's a, uh, 
girlfriend was shooting and she was like a 26 inch draw and maybe 40 pounds, but getting that spine uh, correct is key to it. Because like with hers, I kind of had to look at, well, you don't want to shoot 190 feet per second. And because, you know, you don't want that trajectory. You don't want three yards to be the difference between shooting the foot and missing it completely. So, you know, you need some speed, got to get some weight in there too. So you really got to balance things out. But getting the, the spine correct, so getting that that uh, that flex correct with the arrow, with the point weight, and having the ability to adjust the point weight, you know, down to 20 grains if you need to, that's super important. And that's how you get more pass-throughs with it. But yeah, going back to uh, stability and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people talk about stability. They talk about FOC. They talk about speed. They talk about weight. And it's just like, it's, you know, FOC is, is a horrible way to measure it's not even a way to measure stability. It's um, like when you talk to a NASA scientist, literally a rocket scientist, uh, what they talk about has nothing to do with the center of the rocket. It's not like they measure where's the center of gravity relative to the center of the rocket. That means nothing. And in fact, on the, the back of my uh, card for the super savers, there it is. I have a whole section about what actually influences the stability of, a, of an arrow. And everything's on there. So I talk about it all, but it's um, it's where the center of gravity is, which is important. But again, we're not measuring from uh, the center of the arrow. We're measuring from the center of pressure. So the center of pressure of an arrow is roughly about here. And that's where you get the stability. So if this arrow was flying at you like this, it would turn and come around point forward like that. Air is all hitting the side of this thing and air is hitting back here at the veins. And that's what kind of pushes it around to do that how these veins are shaped and again, having area in the back of it versus having area like a, a vein that's very parabolic uh, loses a lot of its stability because it has all this, has all the area in here too. My area is all in the back of the arrow so that when that arrow hits it, it's hitting more of the back of that and pulling it around. And it's super critical when like with a field point, it's not as critical. You put a broadhead on there, you're basically adding veins to the front of your arrow and then those come in extremely important. So like uh, uh, one of the long parabolic shaped veins, uh, three of mine are actually more stable than four of those. And that's not, again, that's not me uh, making it sound nice or anything. That's, you could literally calculate it and it, it works. Uh, four of theirs are not as stable as three of these. Well, there's detriment. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, good. I was going to say there, in my opinion, right. And we've kind of talked about this in the past to me, I, I I'm not a four fledged fan, right. There's yeah. a huge detriment, uh, especially when you're, you know, you're stretching it out, you're poking, um, you're incre increasing the surface area of the back of that arrow. Right. I mean, wind drift and everything. I mean, you go with a, a sub two Oh four shaft and you put four fletch on there. You're kind of, yeah tread the line why didn't you just go with a big fat shaft buddy like <laughs> yeah well the other thing so i have a i have something funny here that i did i actually did it while i was on a call with the dialed guys but uh so this is i wish i could do this a little better like this maybe so this is use my hat maybe in the background there you go this is a three fletch and so as it's flying through the air you can see the area of the veins and there's not a ton of area there so when you're shooting man i can't there that's better when you're shooting the frontal area or the, when you look at aerodynamic drag area is the big thing. And it's, then it's how 
slick you push that area through there. So when you increase the area, you automatically increase the drag. So if you go to a four fletch, you increase that area. So if you look at this area as it's flying through the air versus Jeez. that. <laughs> What's that an impeller so I did for? This just <laughs> as kind of a joke, but this is a this is a six fletch super saber, which I think is awesome because it looks like a turbine, but it looks like I was, it looked like that perfect squeeze out of the soft uh the soft yogurt thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a it looks like a turbine of a jet too. Like if you if you look at it. But yeah, don't don't six fletch, you don't don't four fletch mine. It just adds drag and it adds noise too. So four fletch are, are also noisier. And again, on the back of it, I have recommendations where I talk about two and a half degrees, three fletch, and then uh, recommended application method. So it tells you how to clean it, blues to use. There's a little link there. So you go to the website, a QR code and all that kind of stuff, a little CFD action there. So you can see that some work was done on that. I didn't put all my, everything I learned on that, but um, I learned quite a bit. So I'm excited to kind of use some of that knowledge to uh, make some more uh, cool products. When you're testing the veins, are you testing, you know, from, from zero offset, you know, out to four, five, six, how does that look? And then what, you know, I know you prefer two and a half. Is that kind of the sweet spot with that vein? No. So it is with this vein, two and a half degrees is, is money with this vein. But uh, what I did too was like went out and shot. So I have a lab radar. What that allows, it's a Doppler radar. And what it does is pings the arrow like 200 times when it's going out to hundred yards, roughly 200 times. And so um, I have one and I do all kinds of studies with it as far as like the weight of the arrow and how fast it sheds speed. Um, and I have all kinds of arrows. I have a thousand grain arrow that I, I can't shoot hundred yards, but I could to shoot at 20 yards. I have to sit my pin at 40 to get it to 20 yards, but um, I have different weights, not that extreme, but um and you can feel the recoil when you shoot a thousand grain arrow, you can feel the bow kind of kick it back. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I, I actually fletched up, you know, these are at two and a half, but I have some that I fletched at zero, one, two and a half and five. And when you see a five, I mean, you can, you could read down the side of it. It's a lot. And that's part of the reason, you know, this is cool, especially for people like yourself and guys that want to want to try different things and like to tinker because with a, with a bits, you could set it up and you'd be like, here it is. Yeah. What, what is that? You know, you don't, you don't know what you're yeah. doing, but with this, you can actually go in and you can say, all right, I'm going to shoot it at two and a half degrees. I'm going to shoot one at three and a half degrees. I'm going to shoot one at one and a half degrees or one degree or zero degrees. You know, you could set it all up with this and then go out and shoot it and have a baseline for it because you, you have a ruler to be able to understand where you're at and what you've changed and then make a change and see how it does. But I, I shot zero. I shot one, I shot two and a half and I shot five and I was just, I went back, I looked at all the data to see how the arrow looks and an arrow doesn't like, like you kind of picture a cartoon arrow doing this, but I shoot about 283 feet per second, um, with, with my regular arrows, but, um, it's, and I've shot heavier arrows and lighter arrows. They all do the same thing, but it, it basically is a linear deceleration. So they, they're always decelerating all the way out. If you shot longer than hundred yards, that's kind of where you would get into that par more parabolic shape but it's pretty linear. And then, uh, with the, the, with the zero, I didn't get a lot of, I got a lot of variation out there and I shot a lot because, uh, accuracy is not a, 
a very good quantitative way to, to measure something because I could eat a lot. I could not eat a lot. I could be tired. I could be more awake. I could be jittery. I could be not paying attention, you know, whatever. But if I do it a lot and can see a consistent result over multiple days, then that's when I know that I'm seeing something. So I shot, <coughs> shot zero and would get bigger groups. I'd shoot one, I'd get bigger groups. Then at two and a half, it would, it would get to where it needed to be. At five, it was about the same. And so I came back and looked at the, the data and that's when I would see a lot of deceleration. So like at two and a half, like one, it would decelerate a little bit at two and a half it decelerate a little bit. And then at five, it would fall off a little bit more. So it was like more of a drop between two and a half and five. And same thing with a four fletch versus a three fletch. Four fletch slows down more because number one, you're adding another seven grains to your arrow. Plus you have more area uh, that you're, you're seeing more drag in. So that's where I came up with the two and a half and you get good rotation. So I can measure the RPM in my wind tunnel with zero, one, two and a half and five. So that's, that's a good way to uh, kind of, know where you're at and know what's working with you. So run us through the available DCA products. Yeah. So <laughs> we have, uh, I'll start small. I have my field points. Uh, so these are my subsonic field points. These are hundred grain. Um, I have 125. I just don't have any. I thought I did. I don't have any here with me, but they basically look the same. 100, I have 100 and 125 on my field points. Uh, they're stainless. They will never, ever, ever rust. Uh, they're parabolic shape. Again, they're called uh, super uh, subsonics because they're optimized for subsonic flight. They're not pointy too, which is a nice thing because <clears throat> I've been pulling them out of targets. I stab myself in the leg and stuff like that, walking back, not, not paying attention. But with these, I mean, they, they won't stab you. You're going to be fine, you know, it's, it's a nice thing. You can put them in your pocket, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they are pure flight. So some companies will say, you know, I want I want a weird-shaped field point so that it simulates broadhead flight. And that's not possible. Like you they talked about that. area. Yeah, they talk about area, and that's the area that it sees. So unless you're going to add some something coming out from the side of it, it's, it's not going to uh, change it. And I've shot this, and I've shot multiple broadheads in – uh, I've shot multiple field points too, and they don't simulate drag. So I've been um, shooting, mine are just optimized. I've been shooting my uh, my stainless DCAs for when did you come out with them? Two years ago, two and a half years, something like that. Jeez, dude! I've been, been two and a half, three yeah, years. I've been shooting the same two dozen since. Man, I might have lost one or two here and there, but them yeah. suckers are and they they will. Uh, they're stainless steel, so they're not a hundred percent steel. So if you hit something hard, it will it could deform them or ding them or something. But the thing that I like about this is, uh, you know, if you hit something really hard, these are like 75 cents or something a piece, your arrow is much more expensive and you just unscrew this and take it out and put a new one in. So it's like, if I'm going to hit something super hard, I kind of want these to go before something else. Mm -hmm. So they don't, I mean, I've shot, I shot this one a ton and you can't even tell it has a couple streaks on it, but I think that's from the Lancaster box. That's the same arrow. But, uh, so I have my field points. I have the, uh, vein angle tool, which we've talked about a ton. Uh, my, the super saber veins. So I have uh, green, orange and white, and I sell them in forties or hundreds. 
uh, I have my wraps and I've been coming out all kinds of different wraps every now and then I just get kind of a cool idea. So these are like a topo pattern in the back and then it's like, I like those trees and then an elk and a bull on it. Yeah. Yeah. So those there's have that my one. name written all over them. Dude, these are so sick. Like seeing them in person, it's just like the cleanest, most detailed wrap without having a bunch of crap on there that I like. And then I have another one that's a buck. So same thing where it's a topo pattern, uh, the trees, and then uh, it's just a buck that's on there. Heck yeah. And then so, like oops, mine, I, I always go stupid with, but these are, uh, so if you've seen the Thunderbirds, the Air Force flying team, these are like the exact same thing as the Thunderbirds. This took a long time to do, but it was something I just did. I started at like seven o'clock at night and I was like, I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> and then at like one in the morning, I was like, that looks pretty close. Heck yeah. <laughs> I better go to bed. <laughs> go go back to the vein alignments. We'll bring that back to the screen and, yeah. and let's, let's uh, describe it for the folks that are just listening. So you, you basically sure. have a carbon shaft with a knock and a, what is that? Eight inches. Um, yeah, it's a seven inch uh, carbon shaft and it's a 204 shaft, 204 ID shaft, but it, it works for the 166, the 165, the, the 204s obviously, or, you know, the standard size arrows like the gold tip hunters, the 247s. Um, so it works great on that. Um, and it's a, it has a wrap on it. So the, the sticker in the back of it, it's a five inch wrap has a, a, uh, a point at the back of it, kind of a, uh, a target on the back of it. That's where you put the corner of the vein. And then you just line that up. It has angles that come off of a center line on it. And then to move the back of the, of the arrow over or the, the vein over, you twist the knock to different uh, indexing points on it. And everything is on the back of the, the uh, sheet on how to do that. It shows you pictures and it tells you how to do it and everything like that. So uh, like I said, it, it works for all different size arrows. I think the only one that uh, I might, it would still work with like a, a, a 23 or 27 arrow, but um, it might be a little bit different. So that'd be something I'm, maybe I'd come out with. I'm not sure, but it still works really well with them. I have guys that, that build uh, indoor arrows all the time with them and they say that's, it works it's great. Money. So, yeah. So once you, yep. once you, you know, you put it in there, you, you get your clamp with your vein in it and you index your bits um, to that, right? You're making the adjustments on the bits, the body of the bits, and you're aligning yep. that um, from the zero mark in the back. And then it kind of gradually uh, makes that right or left turn um, going up the vein um, or up towards the tip of the carbon as yeah. it's sitting in the bits for people wondering what it is. And then once you clamp your bits down, once I used it, I mean, you don't, unless you're going to change it, you get it tight in there. It's done. You're not, you're not yeah. messing with that unless you want to tinker. Um, I mean, it's, it's worth its weight. I mean, you want to talk about a consistent build and then you know exactly what's working out of your bow with that arrow setup. you know, one to, I think it goes, does it go to five or six? I can't remember. It goes to six, goes but to that's six just because that's that fit on the wrap. And so I did it, but you'll never get to six. Like with the bits. You'll be touch, I was going to say, yeah, you're going to be touching, uh, the back of those veins, if you could do that. Yeah. Even do wrap that? it all the way around. I should try. The other one. good thing with this. <laughs> yeah. The other good thing with this too, is like, like I said, I have a guy, Tyler that works for me that does a great job. Um, we both have a bits, obviously, 
And I have, this isn't it, but I have one that I have labeled master and I've actually glued the knock uh, in place. So it, it, it's twisted at a very specific, specific spot. And then I could set up my jig and I could go to his jig and it's exactly up. the yeah. same. So I've, I've had guys, I was actually at ATA talking to Greg Poole from AE uh, before I came out with my own veins. Um, it might be a different conversation now, but I was talking to him and showing him and gave him one. And then uh, a guy came in and he's like, Greg knew him. And he's like, Hey, da, 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 you know, and this is that owns the shop over here. Da, da, da. And he's like, have you ever seen one of these? And he's like, we got like five of them. He's like, we got all our jigs set up. They're all exactly the same. We have, we have like a whole table full of jigs and they're identical. I love the thing, man. Yeah. The vat, I got one. So uh, yeah, they're, they're good for that. And really, really good for uh, shops to set up consistent yep. uh, jigs. So literally I could take an arrow from Tyler's jig and put it in my jig and put the clamp on it. And it's exactly in the same spot. So it's really good for that consistency. And then again, like we talked about, you know, if you, if you really just want to play and, and see what you can get away with as far as angle goes, uh, then you can, you can do it and you can know where you're at and know where you've been. It's, it's, you can't get anywhere if you, can't get anywhere in life if you don't know where you are and yeah, don't know where you want to go. That's about it, brother. Um, all right. Where can they, uh, where, where can they find you on social? And Oh, that's, that's my thing. If something falls in the day when I'm loaded with everything, it's a freaking social media post. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'll answer an yeah. email 50 times, bro. That social post is falling. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is my downfall, man. I, I literally, I'll sit there and then I'll be like, I got to put it down. I got, I got to work. I got to stop. You oh, know? dude. I, uh, yeah, I'm on, on Instagram at, uh, DCA custom arrows, uh, and then, uh, DCA custom arrows, uh, com. It's always with the custom arrows at the back of it. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And, uh, the veins. So patent wise, I have a patent on the, the vein angle tool. I have a patent on the vein. So, uh, everything there is wrapped up. Everybody always, and if I talk to anybody, they always like, Oh man, you should, get a patent on that, make sure it's wrapped up. And I'm like, yeah, I, with my day job, I have like 30 patents. And so, uh, I, I wrote the patent for the vein, uh, for the super savers and for the vein, vein angle tool that, myself, which was that one's but, money, that vein angle yeah. tool, man, I, that one would have got uh, swiped up really quick. Yeah. It's very easy to make and very easy to copy. It's, I mean, so in my vein, you just put one down on the table and copy it, but you can't actually cut this. You can't cut this profile out of any other vein because of the area back here is so big. And I had a guy tell me, um, he said, you know, I take this for what it's worth. The list of the entire story. He said, I took a Max Hunter and I cut the front of the uh, Super Saber into the Max Hunter and there wasn't enough in the back. He said, but I cut it out of the front of it. And he's like, I went out and I shot it and it sucked. And I was like, I know, I know. Because <laughs> if you, like I've ran through, this vein had, I can't even count how many variations it had because I, mess with them in my computer. And then if they made it past the computer, then I would cut one out and shoot it. And it was like, you know, this is a very sensitive design. And so it's perfect where it needs to be. And so when you mess with, you know, not having this back part to it, you lose that lot of that stability because like we talked about that center pressure and having the area further back in the arrow is critical to everything. So. Heck yeah. Well, brother, I will let you back to it, man. I appreciate the time as usual. Glad to hear that the boy is uh, doing a, a lot better. Um, yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate and then that. You man. guys, uh, yeah, get a hold of Kyle if you have any questions. And he's always 
and I hate to say that, right? But Kyle will answer a question and, and you ain't spent no money, but spend some money with them. It's well worth the investment. <laughs> um, even if it's just the vein alignment tool, that thing is, uh, that thing is uh, dollars as far as I'm concerned when I build my arrows. So yeah. appreciate you, man. We'll have to uh, you, catch man. up and yeah. Uh, send me some of them old ones. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, Don't think I, they're going to go to I, waste. I'll shoot will. them. <laughs> yeah. They're yours, man. I was just telling my son, I was like, uh, we have all these from Lancaster. And he's like, what are you going to do with them? And I was like, we're just going to dump them in a big trash can. And then we can reuse the box. We can reuse the oh. alcohol prep pads and that's it. Send them to Colorado. So, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I, like I said, man, I loved them. You know, I, I can't wait to, yeah. to, set up the new arrows with them but uh, with the new ones and check them out but yeah i love the ones yeah. so cool brother well i'll let you get back to it man thanks again it's always a pleasure sure appreciate you man <laughs>